Hello and welcome to Bill Stern's Sports Newsreel from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Colgate presents the Bill Stern Show, starring Eddie Cantor. Bill Stern, the Colgate Chapery Man, is far away. This week is his vacation time to rest and play. And for tonight, while he's away, to take his place, we're glad to say that Eddie Cantor will be here. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Bill Stern is away on his vacation, but in his place tonight, Colgate Shave Cream is proud to present Eddie Cantor. And in order to keep this show just like Bill Stern's regular program tonight, Eddie Cantor will tell sports stories that are taken from Bill Stern's popular book entitled My Favorite Sports Stories. So here we go. Eddie Cantor, pinch hitting for Bill Stern with sports stories from Bill's book. Ladies and gentlemen, Eddie Cantor. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. In the years I've been on the stage and in the movies, I've played many parts. But this is the first time I play the part of a sports announcer. Pinch hitting for my friend Bill Stern as a storyteller. I think it might be fitting if I started out with a curious sports legend of the last century. It's a story about an English sportsman. According to legend, many years ago in England, a sportsman went to a racetrack to bet on a horse race. He had been losing heavily, and he decided to quit the turf for good, but not before he had made one last killing. So, he returned to the racetrack, and on the final day of the meet, he played a hunt. He wagered all the money he had on a beautiful horse. However, there was one catch to it. That beautiful horse, in the language of the turf world, was just a plug, for it never before had won a race. Still, that English sportsman had a hunch, so he bet all his money on that horse to win. And surprisingly enough, that horse did win, and that Englishman won a fortune. Then, true to his word, he pocketed his winnings, quit the turf, and sailed to America. Here, he settled down in California and invested all the money he had won on that horse race in real estate. His real estate holdings developed fantastically, and as a mark of honor to that English racehorse, which had made his new fortune possible, that English sportsman named a part of the land which he owned in California after that very same horse. For you see, the name of that English racehorse was Hollywood, and Hollywood, the home of motion pictures, is named after that horse. I'll be back with another story in just a moment. But first, did you know that the famous pitcher of the Detroit Tigers, Dizzy Trout, recently wrote to Bill Stern... Honestly, Bill, wrote Dizzy Trout, I can't imagine shave cream performing smoother than this light, fluffy Colgate brushless. It takes me only a few seconds to spread it over my face, and right away it gets to work. Softens up the rough trout whiskers for that fast, no-snag shaving performance. And what I like especially about it, Colgate brushless never clogs my razor. I can rinse it off my face and blade in two shakes. Signed, Dizzy Trout. And so another great baseball star, Dizzy Trout, goes all out for Colgate brushless, the shave cream of champions. For Colgate brushless is not heavy, not greasy. It's light, and it's right. This Colgate brushless shave cream keeps your whiskers up and your razor glides through, not over them. No pulling, no snagging, no smartest thing. And as Dizzy Trout wrote, Colgate brushless rinses off your razor and face lickety-split, leaving the surface smooth, cool, and comfortable. And look, man, if you don't get all this from Colgate brushless shave cream, send the top of the carton to Bill Stern, care of Colgate, Jersey City, Zone 2, New Jersey, for double your money back. Available in both jars and tubes. Ask for Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions tonight. 
It's light and it's right. Now back to Eddie Cantor, who's pinch hitting for Bill Stern. Eddie Cantor. A few years ago, Hollywood produced a fine motion picture based on the life of Lou Gehrig, a baseball immortal. It's strange, however, that Hollywood has yet to film the life of another baseball immortal, John J. McGraw. There are many stories about John J. McGraw. He was the perfect baseball manager, a man who never made a mistake in all the 30 years he spent in baseball. Yet, this is the story of the one mistake the great John J. McGraw made. John McGraw was a hard man who played every game to the hilt. He hated to lose. One day, the Giant players were gathered in the clubhouse after they had lost a close game. They knew that trouble was brewing because they had lost the game they should have won. They also knew that John J. McGraw was raging mad because his star third, Betty Grant, had failed to show up for the game. The Giant players dressed quickly, trying to escape from the clubhouse before McGraw made his appearance. But before any of the players could get away, the door opened, and in stormed McGraw. The boys knew the worst was yet to come, and it did as McGraw thundered, in all the years that I've been around baseball, I've never seen such an exhibition. And you tramps are paid to play baseball. At that moment, the clubhouse door opened again, and in walked Eddie Grant, the star third baseman, who, without an excuse from John McGraw, had missed that game. McGraw wheeled around and addressed Grant with biting sarcasm. Well, Grant, it was a mighty important game we lost today, thanks to you. Where were you? I'm sorry I missed the game, Mr. McGraw, but I had an Appointment? Appointment? Did you say appointment? Grant, that appointment will cost you just $1,000. I'm sorry, Mr. McGraw, but this country's at war with Germany, and I took the afternoon off to enlist in the Army. McGraw was speechless as he stood there just looking at Grant. Then he put his arms around Eddie Grant's shoulders and said, I guess you're right, Eddie. I, I made a mistake. Your country comes before the Giants. We'll have to win the pennant without you, but... When it's all over, Eddie, you come back and play some great baseball for the Giants again. Well, that was the last time that John McGraw ever saw Eddie Grant, because while the Giants were busy winning the pennant that year in 1918, Eddie Grant gave his life for his country. He died in the Battle of the Argonne Forest, the only major league ball player to die in the World War. When John McGraw heard that Eddie Grant was killed in action, the fiery leader of the Giants, with tears in his eyes, sat down to write a letter. It was a letter to Eddie Grant's mother. And in that letter, tough, hard-boiled John J. McGraw wrote, A year ago, I fined your son $1,000 for missing an important ball game. I made a mistake. That afternoon, your son was right, and I was wrong. Eddie never did pay that fine, and now he never can. So I'd like to pay it to you, his mother. And John James, baseball's most famous manager, enclosed one thousand dollars sent it to Eddie Grant's mother. Thus, John J. McGraw squared the books for his star third baseman, Captain Eddie Grant, who gave his life for his country. We in Hollywood live in a world of fantasy, where often fiction is presented as truth. But in the sports world, truth is often far stranger than fiction. Let me tell you another baseball story, this one with quite a different ending. It's the story of a big league ball player's battle with himself, an American League pitcher who, up until last winter, was a confirmed alcoholic. In his own words, a drunk. Sure, why mince words? I was a drunk, and no mistake about it. Yes, 
Unfortunately, that's what he was, a great pitcher with a spectacular career ahead of him, but already washed up. At only 27 years of age, because he couldn't take care of him down the bottle. His name? Don Black. That's right. Don Black. In 1946, sold by the Philadelphia Athletics to the Cleveland Indians for the waiver price of $10,000. A good pitcher, but a bad actor, was the way Connie Mack put it when he let him go. A habitual. Drinking was nothing new to Don Black. He admits he started hitting the booze before he finished the eighth grade of school. Why? Well, who can say? Don was the youngest of a family of 14. He felt lonely and apart. Perhaps his ego was lost. We leave that to the psychologist. However, whether, and whatever the reason, a bad habit had begun. A great baseball player's career had also begun. A career that even then looked promising. But big-time baseball with its social opportunities was too much for Black's developing habit. He drank steadily, and before long, he was seldom able to pitch an entire game. He makes no bones about it now. Yeah, I'd go up to the corner for a bottle of milk. That was my story. Only actually, I'd be gone for two or three days with another kind of bottle. Yes, that was the kind of record that Dom Black brought with him when he started training with the Cleveland Indians in the spring of 1946. But even though he got into jams at the training base in Florida and went into debt with the club for over $2,500... When the Indians went north for the season, Black went with them. After a short time, they farmed him out to Milwaukee, where he continued to be an alcoholic problem, winning only a single game all year. And that was when Bill Beak stepped into the picture. In midseason, he bought the Indians and started looking over his available talent with the manager, Lou Boudreau, who always had believed that Black was a good pitcher, and still did. And a short time later, he called Don Black into his office and talked to him. We believe in you, Don, both Lou and I. And I've got a proposition to make to you. If you promise to join Alcoholics Anonymous, we'll pay off your debts and get you a job until baseball starts again. And there, in Bill Beek's office last winter, Don Black started on the road back. And as anyone knows who's ever been over it, that road is plenty tough. Even your friends and loved ones, the people who are hoping and praying you'll make it, are half afraid you won't. And with Don Black's record, the odds weren't really too good, yes? There was plenty of cynicism in the baseball world over Black's reform and comeback. Even though he pitched well in the spring games and opened the season with a victory over Detroit, the Weisenheimer scoffed. But Don Black knew. He knew in his heart he was going to make it, and he wasn't ashamed. When Frank Gibbons, the reporter for the Cleveland Indians, asked him if he could do a story on his personal regeneration, Don was elated. He said, Sure, write it. I think people should know what it means to recognize your family again. Accept a man's responsibilities. Be able to hold your head up. Oh, but Frank, if you're right, it, don't forget I owe it to a great bunch of guys. Alcoholics Anonymous. And perhaps that's what was in his mind that night two weeks ago when Dom Black stood on, the, stood on the pitcher's mound in Cleveland Stadium and faced his former teammates on the Philadelphia Athletics, the team that a year before had dropped him as a washed-up drunk. Perhaps his family and that great bunch of guys who believed in him steadied his eye and guided his wonderful right arm in one of the greatest tests of pitching skill ever seen. In the second inning, a heavy rain broke over the field, leaving the diamond soft and slippery. But there was a difficult play, and it was fumbled. Why, the official scorer could not possibly have called it an error. Due to conditions, it would have to be a hit. But Don Black, the playboy, the husband they said was through, left nothing to chance by pitching his team to victory in the only no-hit game in the American League this season. And with cheers still echoing through the stadium... The first man into the Indian dugout to congratulate Black on his great pitching achievement was Connie Mack, the Philadelphia manager who had let him go the year before. 
If we couldn't win, I'm glad Don made it a no-hit game. That's what he said. And Bill Veek, Lou Boudreau, the two men who had believed in him and given him a second chance, smiled to themselves and took a well-deserved bow. In the stands that night were Black's attractive wife, Joyce, and his two daughters. Now they had smiling pictures taken with the father they once sought to hide from the public eye. Yes, it was a victory really worth celebrating. And that night, in celebration, Don Black took his first drink in over six months. Coca-Cola straight. And when the reporter kidded him about falling off the wagon, he grinned shyly and said, Well, it's the truth, fellas. There never was a drink made that could give me the pick-up that game did. And to Don Black, who is listening tonight, I'd like to say there's never been a sports story that's given us the lift that yours did. You came back like a champion every inch of the way, the kind of ball star the fans of America can be proud of. So thanks, Don, from us to you and that great bunch of guys in the AA who knew you could do it. Eddie Cantor will be back with you in just a moment. But first, do you know that two out of three barbers use Colgate Rapid Shave Cream on their customers? That ought to be good news for all you men who shave with a lather shave cream and a brush. So why not follow the expert? Use Colgate Rapid Shave Cream. One of the country's greatest golf professionals, Craig Wood, does. He wrote Bill Stern, Dear Bill, golfers go to professionals for advice, and I string along with a barber when it comes to shaving. When I heard that two out of three barbers use Colgate, I took the tip, and now I use Colgate Rapid Shave Cream myself. No slicing and no hooking. The razor slips down the fairway. Signed, Craig Wood. The men ask for Colgate Rapid Shave Cream, the lather shave cream of champions. Now back to Eddie Cantor. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I want to thank my sponsors, the makers of Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer, for permitting me to pinch hit for Bill Stern tonight. And on behalf of Colgate Shave Cream, may I extend to you a personal invitation to tune in next Friday evening at the same time when Bill Stern will have Frank Sinatra carrying the ball for him. Thank you and good night. Thank you very much, Eddie Cantor. And don't forget, next Friday night, same time, same station, when Frank Sinatra pitch hits for Bill Stern. Remember, U.S. savings bonds pay off $4 for every three invested in just 10 years. They're your best bet for future security. The more you buy, the more security you get. Eddie Cantor will soon be seen in the RKO musical If You Knew Susie, starring Eddie Cantor and Joan Davis. Next week, same time, same stations with Frank Sinatra, pinch hitting for Bill Stern. Bill Stern Show came to you tonight from Hollywood. I'm Stanley speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. <laughs>